blessed and they will consider Jesus because uh, we are here for that. We are here because we want to honor Jesus and we, we want those who don't know you yet to consider you. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Good. So, so this is the topic for this evening. Um, during the last weeks, we've been uh, uh, thinking about questions that we ask. Uh, we, we are asked by non-Christian people, and sometimes by Christian people too, questions that we can ask to ourselves. And uh, just to help us to be more equipped. And this is the question for today. Is not Christianity just a crutch for weak people? So I've been thinking for the last uh, maybe 10 days about, about this. I've been reading, I've been praying, I've been reading the Bible, I've been reading other books. And yeah, so today I'm going to share what the Lord has put in my heart about this. And uh, I would like to start by saying that when we say it's not Christianity as a crutch, uh, uh, we, we mean it's not Jesus as a crutch. Because actually, Christianity is defined by Jesus. And if we are talking about any other kind of Christianity, it's not Christianity at all. So the question uh, I would like to address this evening is, it's not Jesus as a crutch for weak people. Because the real Christianity is defined only by Jesus. And the, the assumption behind the, this question is that Jesus is not real. Uh, that's the assumption behind this question. He, he will be just a creation of the imagination of weak and childish people who need a crutch to walk through this difficult life. Uh, Jesus will be just an illus illusion uh, in the mind of uh, Christian people, just a wishful thought. This is a hard life. And we wish that someone in heaven will look after us, uh, a good God, who, who he will care for us. But that's people that are not Christians, they may say that's only a wishful thought. That's not real. So behind this question, there, there is that assumption that Jesus is not real, that God is not real, that there is not a God. That's, that's what is behind this question, actually. If we go to uh, second, it's not working. And um, this is a very common uh, objection by those who despise Christian belief. Um, it's an objection that takes us back to some famous uh, authors, some famous philosophers that uh, I'm sure for all of you it rings a bell if, if I mention people like Nietzsche, like Karl Marx, like Sigmund Freud. Um, I have studied a bit of philosophy, and in the, in the philosophical world, these people, they are called the masters of suspicion. And basically, the main idea is that they defend that religion is only a crutch uh, for weak people, for childish people. So actually, the question comes from there, comes from, this, from these people. Uh, we create gods because we, because we need to be, um, because we need to think that there is a good God who uh, is going to care for us because we need crutches in our life to keep going in this difficult life. Just an example of one of these authors. In 1927, Sigmund Freud wrote the book The Future of an Illusion, where he says that people of faith create a God because they have strong wishes and hopes within them that act as comfort against the hardness of life. And more recently, I'm sure all of you are aware of uh, Richard Dawkins. He's a professor in 
in uh, Oxford. Um, and he has followed the path of, basically, the path of Freud, supporting the idea that uh, believing in God is a childish thing to do. It's, it's an illusion. It's not a real thing. It's a human creation. Just a crutch for weak people. So th this is, this is, um, this is a, a fair objection, I will dare to say. Um, so that, 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 that's why it's good this evening we can think about this. But is that the case? Is the God of the Bible a human creation by weak people? Is Jesus only an illusion? No? Oh, don't worry. If you, you can try, there is another PowerPoint with the same. If you want to try the other one, uh, there are two. If, if not, don't worry, I'll go through this. It's fine. You sure? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I can't go through. It won't go through. Oh, it's fine, don't worry. So let's think for a moment about the idea of Jesus being a human creation. And after that, we'll discuss if Christian people, we are just weak people. Uh, that we use Jesus as a crutch in our lives. So I think we should agree with these guys, with Nietzsche, Marx, Freud, that there are many gods which are simple human creations. And I think that's a good point to start. For example, the mythological gods of Greece, such as Zeus uh, or Poseidon, or the mythological gods of Scandinavia, such as Odin or Thor, or the mythological gods from Hinduism, such as Brahma or Shiva, and many, many, many other gods. All these gods are human creations. They are mythological beings, and that's the key word. They are mythology. They are not based in human history. They didn't show up into human history. They are only mythology. But that's not the case with the Christian God. Jesus of Nazareth, he showed up 2,000 years ago. He took part into the human history, so much so that history is split in two, before Jesus and after Jesus. Jesus is not a mythological being. He is not an illusion for childish and weak people. And we didn't create him. But rather the opposite. He created us. As we can read in uh, Colossians 1.16, where it says, For by him, by Jesus, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible. So that includes us. Yeah. So what did Jesus create? Everything. All things that are in heaven, that are on earth, and that's you and me. Uh, but if we want to see with a bit more of detail about the creation, we have to go to the first book of the Bible. And uh, in Genesis, if you go to the Bible, you can go there. If not, uh, we'll read in Genesis 1, 27, 28, and 28, where we see uh, with a bit more of detail about the human creation. Genesis 1, 27 and 28. Yeah. It's all now, then. Okay, and 27, yeah. 27. Yeah, 27 and 20. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. And then in Genesis 2.15, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. So we, we can see, we could read the whole story, but I'm not going to read now the whole story. We can see that God created our forefathers and he put them in a beautiful garden from where they will rule over the earth. And where they had full access to God's presence at that point. 
since God used to walk in the garden in the cool of the day to meet our forefathers, as we can read in Genesis 2 and 8. So that's, that was amazing. God, he used to walk in the garden with Adam and Eve. They, they had full access to him. But something went wrong. We know the story. Our forefathers believed Satan's lie that they could be like God, knowing good and evil by themselves without taking God into account. Satan was saying, come on, Adam, come on, Eve. It shouldn't be up to God to decide which tree you can eat. It should be up to you. You should be able to decide by yourself if you want to eat that tree or that, or that one. It's not up to God to tell you what is good and what is evil. It's up to you to decide by yourself what is good and what is evil. Come on, Adam. Come on, Eve. You can be your own God. Why to rely on other God? Be your own God. Just decide by yourself what is good and what is evil. And sadly, our forefathers fell into Satan's temptation. Pride took place into their hearts. And this is the key thing. It's, a, it's about pride. And they rebel against God's authority by disobeying him. They believed they could be like God. They believed they, they wouldn't need God. And their hearts were filled with pride. And they challenged God. They challenged God's command by breaking his command. God said, don't eat from that tree. Just enjoy everything except that thing. And they broke God's commandment and, and they, they challenged his authority. Pride took root in their hearts. And uh, I say that the key aspect here is pride uh, because uh, we can see through the whole Bible, many Bible verses about God saying that he doesn't like pride, that he doesn't, uh, and he cannot approach people with full of pride. Uh, and great Christian thinkers from all times, from Augustine to C.S. Lewis agree that pride is the beginning of all sin. And um, yes, uh, last month, uh, uh, I had an interesting encounter with, with a lady in, in Lambeth Palace. Uh, she's the advisor for reconciliation of uh, our, our Bishop of Canterbury. And I, I, I met her because I've been researching for a few years about forgiveness, about reconciliation. And we, we had a very interesting talk. And during the talk, I, I asked her, um, what do you think is the main cause of conflict in the world? Because uh, she's been mediating in high profile uh, places, uh, high profile conflicts in the world, in, in South Sudan, in Palestine, in different places. And she says that she thinks the key issue is human pride and uh, I, I find it very interesting she, she, she thinks that the key issue for human conflict is is the pride that we got in we got in our hearts is uh, and we, we see this in the bible um, that's what happened with adam and eve and and that's what happened with satan pride came into his heart so adam and eve gave room to pride in their hearts and this pride provoked their fall because proud and arrogant people don't seek god they don't want God to rule over their lives. They want to be their own gods. As the Bible says in Psalm 10, and verse 4, it says, In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. So when there is pride in our hearts, we don't look for God. We don't seek for God. Why? I am enough. I'm my own God. I don't need God. And the Bible says, in his pride, the wicked man doesn't seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. 
And yeah, it's interesting to notice that pride was also the reason for Satan's fall, as we can read in Isaiah 14:12. It says, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, for you have said in your heart, I will be like the most high. Satan wanted to be like God too. And that pride and arrogance that made him to believe he could be like the most high provoked his fall. Satan tempted, he tempted Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden with the same idea to be like God. And human pride did the rest. Still today, still today, 2017, Satan uses human pride to keep people away from God. After the human fall, the harmonious relation between man and God was broken. And God sent Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden. But we have a merciful and a loving God, and God, he never gave up on us. Since the very beginning, since the very first book of Genesis, since the Garden of Eden, we, we see a promise about someone coming in the future that will crush the head of the snake and who will take us back to God. And, and we can see that that's the first prophecy about Jesus coming in the future, about God becoming flesh uh, in the book of Genesis, because the, the prophecy says that someone from the seed of the woman is coming who is going to crush the head of the snake, the head of Satan. And if you think who is the only person in human history that came from the seed of the woman without a man intervention, that's Jesus. Jesus was born from a virgin. So he came from the seed of a woman. So that's why we know that first prophecy is about Jesus. It's someone is coming in the future. He's going to crush the head of the snake. And so God, since the very beginning, he didn't give up on us. He promised that someone will help us in the future, will help us to come back to God. So we have seen that Christ, the Christian God is not an illusion. He came back into history, into human history 2,000 years ago. He is not a human creation, rather the opposite. He created us and he was incarnated as Jesus of Nazareth to, fi to fix the mess of our forefathers, the mess that they did in the Garden of Eden by giving room to pride into their hearts when they believed they could be like God. Now, going back to the original question, is, is Christianity just a crutch for weak people? Is Jesus only a crutch? Not at all. <laughs> we read before. Uh, we uh, sorry. We read before that all things were created by Jesus, but he is not only the creator of everything. He is many other things. Um, just just to mention a few of them. Some of the things that Jesus says about himself. John six thirty five. And Jesus said to them, "I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst." John 8, 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 10, 9. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. John eleven twenty five. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Revelation 1, 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. This is Jesus saying, I am the Almighty. I am the Alpha, I am the Omega, the beginning and the end. 
So obviously, Jesus is not, is not only a crutch. He's much, much more than that. At this point, uh, I would like to think about uh, another name that the Bible, to, to be more focused on a name that the Bible gives to Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 10.4, uh, we can see there that Jesus is called a rock. That's a, another title for Jesus. He's the rock, a rock. And this is really interesting because uh, Jesus says that wise men build their houses upon the rock. And who is the rock? The rock is Jesus. Where are you building your life? If you are building your life on the rock, you are a wise man. Therefore, is Jesus a crutch? No, Jesus is a rock. He is not just a crutch to help Christian people to walk through this difficult life, but he is the rock that sustains the whole life of a Christian person. It's not just something to help you a little bit, but he's the rock that sustains your whole life for you to walk in this through this life. It's, it's not only a little help, it's the sustainer of our whole life. He's a rock. And, and Jesus doesn't want to be just a crutch, a crutch for us, just a little thing. He wants to be the rock where we build our lives, our whole lives. He wants to be the rock that sustains our present and our eternal future. So at this point, I think we can agree that Jesus is not only a crutch. He's much more than that. He's a rock. Now, let's go to the second part of the original question, and let's talk about weakness. Is Jesus a rock only for weak people? Are Christian people just weak people, only weak people? And I'm sure that all of you, like me, you know many Christians, and I'm sure that you know some Christian people that they are weak according to the standards of the world, and some of them that are really strong. Some of them uh, illiterate, some of them with doctoral degrees, some of them professor from university, uh, some of them uh, cleaners, some of them. So in the Christian spectrum, you can find any kind of person. So. I will say that it's not about weakness. So, because you can be weak, you can be strong, and you can be a Christian. It's about something else. Oh, okay. This is. Uh, yeah. Can we go to the next, next one? Yeah. Next one. Yeah. Next one. Okay. Yeah. We we'll, we we'll leave it there. Yeah. Thank you. So. Yeah, Christianity is not basing weakness. But uh, I think Christianity is based in humbleness. I think that's, that's the key. We've been talking about the main problem is pride. Pride was the main problem for Satan. Pride was the main problem for Adam and Eve. Pride is the main problem for us. It's up to us to decide what is good, what is bad. It's up to me to do whatever I want with my life. I don't want God to tell me. It's up to me. I want to be my own God. So if pride is the problem, what is the opposite of pride? It's humbleness. It's about humbleness. That's the key issue. The root of Christianity is humbleness. Christian people are humble people who acknowledge they have been living in rebellion against Jesus and they need to be forgiven by him because he is God and he deserves to be in charge of our, our lives. He's our creator and he knows what is good and what is evil for us. So we need to get rid of the pride of our hearts and make us think that we don't need God. We need to accept humbly that we need Jesus. So it's about, yeah, it's about uh, being humble. You can be weak, you can be strong. That doesn't matter, but you need to be humble. That's the key issue. 
In James 4, uh, 6 and 4, 10, we read, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. And then in Matthew 11, 28, 29, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. The Bible says, humble yourself. Jesus says, learn from me that I am humble. Christianity is not based in weakness, but in humbleness. The opposite of that pride that provoked the fall of Satan and the fall of our forefathers, Adam and Eve. Therefore, now, I think we can give a final answer to that question. It's, it's not Jesus, it's not Christianity, just a crutch for weak people. And the answer is no. Jesus is a rock for humble people. That's the answer. Jesus is not a crutch for weak people, but he's a rock for humble people. Because only humble people will accept that they are sinners who need to be saved. Only humble people will be happy to put Jesus in charge of their lives to be led by him. We go to the uh, last one. So one no, that's the last. It's not, it's not another one? It's number seven. Okay, yeah, it's fine. So God knows better than us what is good and evil. And he is willing to lead humble sinners in what, in what is right. Um, so if you want to come with me to Psalm 25, verse 8 and 9. We can go there. Psalm 25, verse 8 and 9. He says, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. Have you met the risen Jesus already? <coughs> if you haven't met him yet, come to him humbly and he will be the rock of your life. And then you will find rest and peace for your soul, as Jesus says. So if, if someone else asks you, it's not Christianity, just a crutch for weak people, you can say, no, it's not about a crutch. Christianity is about a rock, and the rock is Jesus. It's not about, and it's not about being weak or strong, it's about being humble. So Christianity, Jesus is a rock for humble people. And I think we're going to finish here. So, yeah, let's pray. Yes, thank you, Jesus, because you are our rock. And thanks because we can come to you as we are. Some of us, we are weak. Some of us may be stronger. But you, uh, but what you, you, you look is a humble heart. And we, we pray that, uh, that you will help us to have a humble heart. And I pray that if there is anyone here that don't know you yet, you will help him or will help her to, to have a humble heart to come to you and to acknowledge that he needs you. Thank you because, because uh, you have said that the war that you started in us, you will finish it. And thanks because you say you are coming back to take us to the Father house. We want to honor you and we, we are so happy about hum having a hum humble God. Thank you because 
you you took the, you came to the wall as a man because you are a humble god that and you want us to put our uh, your joke and be, uh, and to be led by you help us to to follow you every day in our lives in your name jesus we pray amen Thank you, Wamma. Let's uh, follow that.